0: So I took as my title, uh, what has chemistry ever done for me? Uh, And you can see as I, in my opinion, you know, I've got the two jobs I ever wanted in my life. Uh, President of the Royal Society of Chemistry and Vice Principal and Head of Science and Engineering at the University of Edinburgh. I didn't quite mean them ever to have them at the same time, but that, you know, that's what part of my talk today is about, is you just take the opportunities when they come along and hope you don't live to regret them. Actually, you never live to regret anything because you can always do something about it. Um, but So I think chemistry's done a lot for me, and I, I believe that chemistry will do a lot for you. However, when I was in um, the uh, States the, uh, the other day doing a similar talk, uh, and, and other people were doing similar talk, somebody gave, did the talks saying, how did I get here? And a wag from the back of the audience said, by car. Now, I would have to say by train, but, c- but all I'm trying to say is, if you want to shout out some witty comments, please do so. <laughs> <laughs> not witty ones, hard ones for me to answer, not welcome. No, seriously. Uh, but if you wish to stop and ask me anything, then please do so. So I thought briefly what I'd do would be to go through my CV very quickly and just highlight some of the choices I've had to make in my career at various points in time and some of the choices I've had to make and some of the thoughts that went through my mind of, of what I had to do and why, why I had to do it. Uh, and I'm sure some of them will chime with you and some of them won't. But I think it just serves as a, uh, a way of really transporting you through what I've done um, because I feel like I can only I'm only competent to speak about what I've done. So I got my first degree in 1975, and I got in chemical <laughs> physics. Uh, And so that's why when I talked to some of you earlier about organic chemistry, I'm completely lost. Um, And I did my first degree, and at the age of 21, graduated, like most of us, and then had to make choices. And I made two choices uh, uh, that year, one of which was the worst choice, worst decision I ever made, and one was the best decision, the best choice I ever made. The worst one was my career. I decided at that point in time I'd had enough of science, I'd had enough of chemistry, I was leaving. I wasn't going to do it ever again and I went and took up a job in the National Health Service and that was the worst decision I ever made because I quickly realized this was not for me and that really I much preferred doing science. And I think that's the thing about science. You can, and my career comes and goes as I take up uh, new jobs, new challenges. The science is always behind whatever I've done. So I decided after a year I couldn't do that. I would go back to doing science again. And I also got married in that year to Peter. And I'm still married to Peter. Um, He's long-suffering, as he would tell you if he was... (laughs) Um, But it was the best choice, the best thing I ever did uh, was to marry him. And he has... Uh, certainly uh, been there for me as I've gone through my career. And we decided at that point as uh, I wasn't going to do, uh, as I was going to change what I was going to do, we we emigrated and we went to Australia. So I then took up a research position in Australia um, and enjoyed that very much. However, Having taken up that research position without a PhD, so I did things in a rather roundabout way, and I think that's another lesson I would like you to know. There isn't one way of doing anything. There's lots of different ways you can do things. I then decided if I was going to have a career in science, I really needed a PhD. I I looked around and I saw that everybody who was getting anywhere had a PhD, so I recognised that I would have to do a PhD. Where to do the PhD is of course a question that uh, takes us all and we all have to spend time deciding that. Um, I decided that uh, uh, when I was in Australia in the late 70s, it took six years to get a PhD. Now I have never taken a job for six years. I have never said I'll do that for six years. That's too long a time period for me. So I recognised that I could get a PhD in the UK in three years. So we decided to relocate. But of course when you relocate and there's two of you, you're married or you have a long-term partner, it's a two-body problem. So you have to go and both of you have to spend time trying to find a a location where you can both work and both will have a career. I think it's difficult to have the two-body problem but it's not insurmountable. There has to be a bit of give and take in there. You have to decide what it is that's important to you and rank the things that you want to do, and then you have to tick off and make as many happen as you possibly can. But to expect them all to happen is, I think, not realistic, and it may be worth dreaming about, but I think sometimes you've just got to be pragmatic. So we decided to come back to the UK, and in fact, my husband got a very good job in Edinburgh. And so I then looked to do a PhD at Edinburgh. Now, I was fortunate. Edinburgh's a very good university and it has a fantastic chemistry department. In fact, it has two universities, both of which offer chemistry. But I was offered one at Edinburgh. But you have to decide. One of you has to make the decision. You can't both make it at the same time. That never happens. One has to and then the other one has to come along afterwards. You don't always have to come along afterwards. The next time it can be your turn. So I came back uh, and uh, just to show, I'm just going to do a couple of science slides in here because the science is important in what you do as well. So when I was in Australia, I lived in Brisbane, it was beautifully uh, in Queensland, it's a lovely sunny climate and I started working in solar energy, which has really been the theme of my um, research from then till now. Uh, I think there are many different areas your research can go into. You have to find the one that's best for you, and then you can tailor it what you want to do. I found solar energy, which, luckily for me, is still a a topic of uh, good funding opportunities and uh, high visibility. So I then uh, started doing postdoc work, uh, and here the two body problem arose again. I had to uh, work, uh, I couldn't, I had to travel. Uh, and I opted to work in Glasgow, which isn't too far away, but it's an hour by train, so it was taking me three hours every day to travel back and forwards. I was post and I think the time when I was on fixed-term contracts, if I'm going to be totally honest with you here, was the time I liked least in my whole academic career. I didn't like it because you were on a fixed-term contract, and so you were continuously looking for other opportunities for work, And secondly, I wanted to get on with the ideas that I had in my brain, and yet I was being employed to be a postdoc on somebody else's grant, on the money that they'd raised to do a specific project. Now, I think that's fine, and I think it gives you lots of different opportunities, but I found it a frustrating time in my life. Uh, I think I found it the most frustrating time in my life, and and I think we should be more honest about that. Uh, And I think fixed-term contracts are, are all well and good, but they do have difficulties with them. I was also 31 in my 30s at this point in time um, and uh, we all hear about the biological clock, I'm not sure I had a clock ticking, but anyway I decided that I wanted to have a family and so I did go and have a family. But I think to combine having fixed term contracts, postdocs and deciding to have a family at the same time does bring um, challenges to what it is you're trying to do. And opportunities, we should look at it at opportunities um, and I, have, uh, I had two children. That's uh, Sarah, and Mark, and Peter again, um, and fantastic. Never regretted it for a minute, ever. You do have to um, change what you're doing and the different ways you have to do things. And to be perfectly honest, other than my job and having my family, I didn't have a lot of time for me time in that. I didn't have a lot of time for exciting hobbies, etc. In that but do I regret it? Not for one instance. Uh, and um, you make choices, and those were the choices I made. With my husband, I should say, for the children. But. Um, at the time, I was doing uh, hardcore electrochemistry. Uh, so I was doing electrochemically-induced reactions at that point in time. So in 1986, um, when I was pregnant with my son, uh, with Mark, Uh, I was given my first academic job. I think actually looking back in the the mid-80s, that was actually quite avant-garde of the department at the time to give me a permanent position, to give me an academic position then. Um, But I had to, at that point in time, then decide when they offered me the job, did I want to go full-time or did I want to be part-time? Because I could, at that point, I was expecting my second child, I could have gone part-time. And that was another choice I had to make. At the time, Uh, And I think perhaps in retrospect, uh, uh, I thought they were being, giving me uh, unbiased advice when when the head of the department said to me, take the the job full-time, Leslie." I thought he was being, you know, good and giving me... Looking back, I think it suited them far better to have me full-time than it was part-time. But actually... He, I knew him uh, for a long. i 'd known him for a long time, and he actually knew me and he knew that pretty soon if I, I, would, have, um, I would have worked full time anyway if i 'd taken a part time job and then I would have been cross because I was only earning part time salary. However, I think uh, now I think we 're much um, more flexible, and certainly in Edinburgh, we have a lot more people doing part time work and i think it 's possi- perfectly possible to have um, an academic career and work part-time. You will not progress as quickly as your peers, but you can still do it." Uh, Tim's looking out the window, perhaps he doesn't think so, but I, <laughs> I, I, I do think it is possible. It's not easy, but it is, po- it is possible to do it. I also had to, at that point in this time, find my research direction. I had to find my research niche. And I do think anybody starting an academic career needs to find what it is you're going to be known for. You can't be a generalist. It's not a good idea to carry on doing what you've done in your postdoc or what somebody else is doing. You've got to find what you're going to be known for. So, So I had to find my research direction. And, of course, I had these very lovely students. And this is just a picture of some of them. Luckily, there's none in the audience because I always miss out the one that's, you know, that's sitting in the audience. I've had lots of research students, and they have all been fantastic, and they've all brought very different things to my research group, and I count myself as very privileged to, to have all these lovely people having done PhDs with me. So I decided to uh, work on spectroelectrochemistry. Now, spectroelectrochemistry, for those of you who don't know, I am an ele- I was uh, trained as an electrochemist and it was then combining electrochemistry with some sort of other spectroscopic technique and using that then to probe the um, either reduced or oxidised states of compounds when you tra- uh, w- underwent uh, electron transfer reactions t- to look at them. So I first of all developed a, a UV visible cell um, which was variable temperature uh, and I, I worked a lot on mat- I've always worked on materials that were pertinent to solar energy But when you develop a technique, it also um, means that you can meet lots of different researchers from different groups who want to use your technique as well. So it's a a great way of expanding your network, of meeting people, uh, and of really undertaking lots of exciting chemistry. So I opted to go down the route of developing techniques, uh, and then, although I worked on my own research, then doing a lot of collaborative work with lots of researchers all over the world. Um, uh, you'll have got from this that I sort of decide partway through doing jobs that I'd really like to go a- away and have a shot at doing something else. So in 1994, I was offered the uh, role of Associate Dean in the f- what was the Faculty of Science and Engineering at Edinburgh at that time, in charge of outreach activities uh, and um, overseas recruitment, that type of activity, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and I, was, of course, I still had a research group to run. I was doing this outreach, I was doing administration. um, And this was a photo that was taken for a a set of shots uh, that was to, this was my attempt to show that you can have a life and do chemistry. Uh, May I say I was pilloried for it and said I was completely, um, either I was Uh, not taking science seriously or I was being too frivolous because I had a ball gang. But however, I thought it was a great photo and you know, I'll just tell you the funniest story about this. So they were going to uh, take this photograph and they'd hired this ball dress for me, these photographers. It was part of a a whole series of shots they were doing um, about academics. Um, And they'd hired this ball dress for me and I went and changed into the ball dress in the ladies, put my makeup on, put my hair up. Felt great, walked down, walked right through the whole department to this very old lab that I was going to get this photograph taken. And do you know, not one person said to me, What the hell are you doing, Leslie, walking through a chemistry department in a ball dress?" Nobody. They all just went, Hello, Leslie. <laughs> I don't know whether that says, I don't quite know what that says, but I find it the funniest thing, anyway. Did they, did they ask you where your safety spot? is? <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Exactly.) <laughs> uh, um, so at, the, at that point in time, I was uh, in 1997, after I'd done this job for three years, I was, uh, the head of department of chemistry at the time met me. We just met on the stairs, and he said, uh, "Leslie, I've just one thing I'd like to say to you." he says you're doing three jobs you're doing your research you're doing this job for the university and you're bringing up a family my children were around ten years old at this time he says in my opinion you can do two jobs really well but you can't do three and i think you're going to have to make a choice and i'm assuming you're not giving up your family (laughs) he had a sense of humor thank god Uh, so yet he was correct And, you know, I had to make a choice at that point in time, and I chose to go back to research. I chose to go back to research because I realised that actually if I was going to progress at all, uh, I needed to make my research more established. I I still had a need in me to do the research, um, and that's what I opted to do. That's what I wanted to do. But sometimes, you know, you get advice at the strangest places, this was on a, a set of stairs in the chemistry department, it wasn't even in an office, it was just somebody passing comment to me. But I think you sometimes, it's not always welcome what people tell you, but you've got to listen, and then it's up to you to make your choice. And they were right, I did have to make that choice, when I opted to go back to research. And so, I developed my uh, spectro electrochemical techniques, and i now took up EPR spectroscopy electro paramagnetic resonance spectroscopy, which i 'd never done before um, and, But you know it was great to learn a new technique when I came back to the department. They then gave me time to, to actually uh, go away and find this, to, to study this technique because it 's not the simplest to, to, uh, to understand and to take it forward and so that's where I took my research you continually as I'm sure you're all aware have to evolve what you're doing and so this is the way I decided to evolve what I was doing I then had the opportunity to become head of the School of Chemistry at Edinburgh in 2005 um, which I was delighted to do I know some people look at me in Disbelief, but I thoroughly enjoyed being head of school. I loved it. Uh, I thought it was a great opportunity to help other people uh, and I um, just could see that we could take Edinburgh all sorts of directions. As Tim rightly says, when I became head of, of chemistry, that's when I did, got very involved with Athena Swan and we got the silver then in 2005. So it took us a, lo- a large number of years to get up to the gold. But why did I do it? Why? Because... I was determined when I was head of school that I wanted people to see how much I believed in them, that I wanted to take their and help them move their careers forward. Now you can do lots of different things, I could have done investors and people, I could have done lots of different things but I opted to do Athena Swan and it was simply to show the rest of the staff that I believed in them and that that collegiately, that together because you can't do Athena Swan on your own, it doesn't work that way, you need teams of people to do it, um, that together we could take the place forward. At the same time, I uh, chaired the uh, Science and Technology Board of the Royal Society of Chemistry. For years, I have done work for the Royal Society of Chemistry. And I think it is important um, to look outside the small group in which you work at all times. So, A, I was fortunate in that I had developed a technique that many other people wanted to use, so I got to know lots of people and to, to do that. But I also diversified and worked with the Royal Society of Chemistry, I think there are other things you should look at for your own development and also to uh, the people you meet um, and for the opportunities it gives you. And that was my choice to use the Royal Society of Chemistry, but there's many other different things you can do. And so I did those two jobs. So I became head of the the School of Chemistry and worked with the uh, Royal Society of Chemistry uh, really quite intensively from 2005 and in 2008 I was offered the opportunity to go for the head of College of Science and Engineering and uh, they asked me to apply for it and I said no I wouldn't I made the decision I wouldn't and sometimes you can say no my husband reckons I always say yes to everything Um, and he says actually that's worked for you Leslie because by saying yes you have just gone and met lots of people and you've done lots of different things and it's been great but just occasionally I do stop and I do say no and I said no because I, it was a five-year period I was appointed for to be head of school and this was only three years in. And I'd given myself a set of things I wanted to do in five years and I hadn't finished them. And so I said no. Um, and I think uh, once I'd made that decision, I was happy with it. You move on, that's what you do. And I went back to, to uh, uh, continue doing, delivering what I wanted for chemistry. And there's pictures of the students because, uh, at graduation because as head of uh, chemistry that was the best day in my life always and it still is, I still get to do it now as head of College of Science and Engineering, is to go to graduation. I love graduation, I love seeing everybody, uh, uh, g- the girls uh, teetering up in their high shoes uh, that they've never walked in before and the boys in Scotland, uh, wherever they've come from in the world, have all put their kilts on and they look spectacular and it's just really great in meeting all the parents. My research, I was still continuing, now I was into miniaturisation, I was now into making the, um, uh, my technique suitable for working with biological samples, for example, that you, they only have very small amounts, so I had to miniaturise everything and that was a, uh, a whole other um, area I pushed myself in and then evolved myself into, so that's what I was doing there. And then in 2011, uh, I was asked to become the president of the Royal Society of Chemistry. And you know that's a terrific honour, and it's fabulous. And I am their first female president, and it has taken them 171 years to get one. (laughs) So no pressure on me then. (laughs) Uh, But I think it is fantastic. Um, And at the same time, I was offered the position of head of college again. So my message is to you things come round again. So you can say no or you can say yes. And if you say yes and it doesn't work out, you can go back and do other things. And if you say no, you'd be surprised how many times it comes round, not necessarily the same way, but in a different guise, or the opportunities come round. Um, So this time, I'd stopped being head of chemistry, and so I took the job of being head of college. And again, it's a great job, Uh, but I do enjoy, I must say, I enjoy doing the two jobs. Uh, the Royal Society of Chemistry president, the reason I'm here today is I enjoy, this as I call it, the swanning about, although the feet are peddling like the clappers underneath. But I love going around and meeting people, um, and the head of college is uh, an interesting job, particularly as we uh, hit this period of getting all the ref submissions in. So really, that was a quick run-through. It was to show you that there are lots of choices in your life. I just uh, chose some of the ones that affected me, but I do know from speaking to lots of other people that a lot of the things I've spoken about, the two-body problem, um, will you have a family, will you not have a family, Um, will I uh, take my career off in this direction or will I keep going in that direction, Uh, how do I make my science work, Uh, I've tried to address those. Um, but I'm very happy to answer any questions. And this was simply a, a, um, a publication that was done in 2011 with the Institute of Physics and the Royal Society of Chemistry on mapping the future, which was um, about physics and chemistry post-doc researchers' experiences. Um, and that's the report, which does make some quite interesting reading, and it asks some quite interesting questions that you might like to go and think about for yourself. I have to, at th- this point in time, say I would have dearly loved to put up the web address from the Royal Society of Chemistry link, but it's broken. How <laughs> awful is that? So I've had to put the Institute of Physics website link up. <laughs> um, but it is, a, it is quite interesting, in, and if you want to read something like that, it's, a, it's an interesting piece of recent work that's being done. But thank you, and if you would like to ask me any questions, uh, please feel free.